Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and thank you so much for tuning in to our Every Nation channel. And I got news for you today. Man, God has got a word for you. God's got a word for you this morning. And so um, if you've been following with us, you know we're in a series we've just called the ABCs of Faith, uh, whereby we're we're trying to take each letter and lay a biblical uh, worldview, a foundation uh, for you to build your life upon. And so uh, before we uh, get into the series, uh, I want to frame our time up with a a brief story. You know, um, uh, a number of years back, I was was actually pastoring uh, our church in uh, Manhattan. And uh, in, in our church there, we had this fabulous young woman like she was anointed you know gifted very successful but but in her life she had been growing just increasingly more frustrated frustrated with her career um, her relational life wasn't hitting on all cylinders like she would like and so she decided she's probably going to move down to Texas well when I got word of this I'm like I did not want to lose this young lady she was such a gift to our church and so uh, I had this idea I've never had this idea since is um, man I I said, she's moving away. How can we keep her here? I know what we could do. Man, if she meets a guy here, that'll that'll seal the deal and she'll wind up staying in Manhattan. And so there is this fantastic uh, uh, gentleman in our church. Man, just uh, he's super successful as well. Uh, just sweet guy, loves Jesus. And so uh, I asked the two of them, could I set them up on a date after our evening church service? And so to my surprise, they were game. Sure, they would meet. And so uh, I asked our, our women's pastor, Pastor uh, Dottie Flanagan, I was like, hey, you need to come be like flank me on this thing. And, and so we'll go out to dinner afterwards. And then we'll see if there's a we can have a, a love connection here, right? And so, and so we go out to this restaurant, and it was unbelievably awkward right off the bat. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those ones where you just kind of couldn't cut through the mud, you know, of conversation. And but here's what here's the the worst of it is Pastor Dottie and this woman are hitting it off unbelievably well. So they're having a blast, laughing, talking, and me and the other guys sitting there like two losers, you know, not not saying anything. Just kind of sitting in there. I'm getting frustrated at Dottie. I'm like kicking her under the table. Hey, I, this is great that you really like her, but I'm trying to set these two up together. <laughs> and so it was epic fail. She wound up moving to Texas. And uh, so that, that was the end of that story. But uh, I failed in that connection. But this morning or today, man, I don't want to fail uh, in this connection. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. Like, I want you to have a deep, vibrant love relationship with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And that brings us to our letter today. Letter, the letter H stands for the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to speak to you about. And, and I know whenever you start uh, discussing the Holy Spirit, like, it can get really weird really fast. You know, in our mind, we know that, that God's Trinity is Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's crazy. Like, like sometimes we get in our mind, so the Father, he's kind of the mean one in the Old Testament, you know, where just smiting people and doing that. And, and then the Son, he's kind of the nice one into the New Testament. You know, he's this love, love, love. And, and then you get to the Spirit, he's kind of the weird one, right? And tongues and just all kinds of craziness that happens. And for the record, uh, man, the Father... 
If you pay attention to your Bible in the Old Testament, man, man, God the Father is unbelievably loving, patient, and kind. For the record, if I'm God, man, we're all dead a long time ago, okay? Aren't you glad I'm not God? Man, in the Son, the Son is, is unbelievably nice, but uh, how about this? The, we, he's also uh, flipping over tables. Uh, he's making a whip and whipping out people uh, out of the temple area, all right? And so that's a, that's not just nice little like sheep around his neck, Jesus. Like he, he also brought it sometimes in the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The, the, the Holy Spirit is otherworldly. He's supernatural. Uh, he, he's sensitive, yet he's all-powerful, right? And so, and so I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Um, and for the record, you know, uh, I recently just heard uh, one pastor told me that uh, there was a poll that went out. And, and this poll, like, it kind of identified the reality that one in every three people are weird, <laughs> Isn't that true? So, man, if, if you're if you got three people in your room right now, man, that means one of you is a weirdo, okay? And but but here's what we know, man. Like like there's just weird people, and um, weird people are weird whether they have the Holy Spirit or they don't have the Holy Spirit, okay? And so, um, but but here's what I, why I think it's important that we talk about uh, the Spirit this morning is this: is that uh, do you know that Barna they did a poll. And here's what they, they came, and this stat was unbelievably alarming. It says this, that 62% of born-again Christians contend that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being, but is merely a symbol of God's power, present, presence, or purity, right? Like, like that's a problem. When, when they deny the person uh, of the Holy Spirit, the third person uh, of the Godhead, and so... There's a guy, uh, uh, Mark Clark, uh, he wrote a book called The Problem of Jesus. And, and there's this really gripping story where he tells that uh, Mark Clark, uh, he actually went to this pastor's conference and this one pastor uh, that he knew very loosely invited him out to lunch. And as they're sitting at lunch, he's sitting across from this pastor and pastor very uh, matter of factly says, uh, Mark, uh, I want you to tell me about your house. And then he says, any strange things taking place in your home? And he thought it was a very odd question. But then he started thinking, he's like, yeah, there's been a, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on. And we just moved into this new house. And every now and then we can hear stuff moving and, and whatnot. And, and he says, uh, he says uh, Mark, uh, I, I want to show you something. The Spirit of God is showing me something. And he drew on the napkin the exact four, floor plan of his house. And he looks Mark Clark in the eye and he says this. He says, Mark they're demons in your house. They're violent and they've been invited in there. Do you want me to show you where they are? And then he says, here's your office and they're located right here. I mean, like, what do you do if someone says that, man? That would like wig you out. Like, what do I do? I call my wife. Hey, baby, there's demons in our house, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, but, but here's what I, I want us to, to highlight is this, is, is why is it we're so quick to believe in unholy spirits and yet we're so uh, slow to believe in the Holy Spirit, right? And here's why I think that is, man, if I'm the devil, man, I sure don't want you to know uh, about the Holy Spirit, man, the very power source for your life uh, and for mine. And so the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, he's, he's not a, a force, you know, or, or something like, like electricity. Uh, the Spirit is a he, 
right? That speaks to his personhood. He's a person, like like the spirit, he can be grieved. He can be lied to. He can be quenched. Uh, You can speak to him and he can listen to you, right? And so, uh, but yet, while he's a person, there's personhood, there's also all the attributes of God, that that he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at once, he's eternal, he has no beginning uh, and no ending, and get this, he's also omnipotent. He's all powerful. And, and if you're wondering about the demons in Mark Clark's uh, uh, house, uh, that's a very easy fix that, that Mark Clark can just stand in that place and just say, by the authority of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get out of my house. And it's that simple because the spirit of God, he is the power source. He's, he's omnipotent. And so uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, in your scriptures, um, he'll have various titles and names that he's called by because he plays all these various functions uh, in your life and in mine. Uh, he's referred to as the helper, uh, the intercessor, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor. And so uh, we're going to read today like, like Jesus is going to say something that sounds untrue. Like he's going to say this, that it's better uh, that I go away to my father uh, because then I can send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And so let me read to you in John 16, verses 4 through 7. Jesus says, but I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. The work of the Holy Spirit. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Like it almost sounds like, hey, it's this kind of breakup thing. And Jesus is like, oh, it's not you, it's me and, you know, whatever. But, but man, he assures us it's actually better for you that I go away because the Holy Spirit, uh, he uh, can come and dwell with you. And so uh, let me tell you the story about uh, Richard. Uh, Richard, is a, he's a, he was a 25-year-old youth pastor out in California. And, and Richard, man, he hit a real rough patch in his life. That uh, this 25-year-old uh, youth pastor, he hit a deep, dark depression. Uh, it, it had such hold of him uh, that he had to be hospitalized and he was, and he was there. The, man, the, the psychiatrists were examining him. Actually, they were asking him, uh, Richard, uh, who are you angry with? Because he, he said that, that most often, like uh, a lot of times depression is when we're, we're just mashing down anger and bitterness in our heart and, and it bubbles up as depression or weight uh, in our life. And so they, they put him on a, a number of different uh, antidepressants and then he goes back and he goes on a six week sabbatical he, uh, uh, from the church. He's, he's no longer working. He's resting, trying to recover. And someone actually gave him really this, this, uh, this little cabin out in the countryside. Nobody knew where it was and get this um, as he was resting and recovering it got worse in fact he was tormented with nightmares and in these nightmares he would wake up in these terrors he says because demons uh, were after him so get this uh, after one of these uh, awful dreams he just wakes up in the morning and he audibly says this out of his mouth he says I think I'm losing my mind Uh, uh, fast forward just a, a day after that uh, uh, Richard gets a phone call. 
how somebody knew where he was uh, or, or got this number, to this day, he has no idea. He picks up the phone and, and the man says, uh, uh, Richard, uh, you don't know me, but the Holy Spirit told me to call you. And he wanted to remind you of this. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And God wanted me to tell you, Richard, you have a sound mind. And the guy, click, hangs up. <laughs> and so that was a turning point for our man, Richard. Um, uh, you don't realize it, but you know Richard. Uh, you might know him by uh, his full name, Rick Warren. <laughs> Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church, one of the, the greatest churches on planet Earth. Rick Warren, who would be known as America's pastor. Rick Warren, the best-selling author of The Purpose Driven Life. Everything was changed because a man filled with the Holy Spirit was obedient to the Spirit and said, spoke words over him that absolutely set him free. And so um, this is what's on the table for you and me. The promise uh, of the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I don't know about you, man, but I say, yes, please. Yes, please. And so um, uh, let me let me just uh, like begin our time like this. So uh, the, the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit is dynamic in our life. And he plays all these different roles, uh, both be, uh, before we're a Christian, when we become a Christian, and then to live dynamic uh, Christian life. And so uh, I, I want you to remember uh, these three words for our time this morning. With in and upon with in and upon and, and that's that's what i, I want to talk to you about today and so so number one is this man did you know that the holy spirit is with you prior to your salvation he's with you uh john chapter 16 verses 8 through 11 it says and when he comes he being the holy spirit he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so we see this, that, that the Spirit's role before we become a Christian is he's convicting, he's arresting us, what, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so uh, I'll give you a, a, for example, if you recall in Acts chapter two, uh, it's the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is poured out uh, on the disciples in an upper room. And it says just, just kind of chaos started to break out so much so that people on the outside, they thought that the disciples were drunk. Like that's in the Bible, man. And so amidst all this chaos, people speaking in tongues and, and whatnot, Peter steps up and he, uh, he announces to everyone, hey, I know what this is. Now, if you know Peter's track record, you got to be thinking, oh, no, what's this fool going to say now? But he gets up and he absolutely nails it. And he preaches the first sermon uh, of the early church. And, you know, when he was done preaching, it says this. It says that the people, they were all cut to the heart. Uh, can I translate for you? That they were arrested. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they cried out, what must we do to be saved? Man, in that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. See, that's the conviction and the arresting of the Holy Spirit uh, before salvation. 
get this, but but he not only convicts, do you know he also illuminates? That means he kind of removes the blinders uh, off our eyes. See, the, the scripture would say this, that the God of this world has blinded the the, the eyes uh, of people. And so uh, I like, I like it's, it's actually quite comical uh, when, you, when you read uh, certain areas of your scripture. Do you know, if you remember as they were coming to uh, arrest Jesus, and, and so the, this mob that's coming to arrest him, uh, they, they ask, uh, who is Jesus? And do you remember Jesus' reply? I am he. And the moment he said that, power came out from him. And it says they all fell to their face. <laughs> and as they, they get back up, you would think that would be the end of the story. Nope. They still move forward with the arresting. And then it says like uh, Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off one of the, uh, the, the guard's ears. And the ear falls off. And Jesus scoops it off the ground and sticks it back on his head. Now, can, can we agree the blinders are on because they continue to move forward with the arrest, right? But if I could flip it for you, then sometimes, man, the spirit illuminates and it removes the scales off our eyes and we can see Jesus for who he is. Do you remember, uh, man, the Magi that visit two-year-old Jesus? Man, they come and, and they said uh, they, they brought all their uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, laid at him at his feet and they worshiped him as king. Now I got news for you. I've met a lot of two-year-olds. There's not a one that I ever wanted to bow down and worship, but they did their scales were lifted off their eyes. They saw the one born king of the Jews. That Jesus, uh, when he was hanging on a cross, it says he was he was crucified between uh, two thieves. Uh, Jesus is a bloody mess. The scriptures say he's unrecognizable as a human being. But what one thief, what he sees, he doesn't see a bloody mess of a man. He sees the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he says, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. It's the power of illumination from the Holy Spirit. And so um, uh, how about this? So he's not just with you before you become a Christian, but you know, man, this is such a great promise. The Holy Spirit is with you uh, throughout your Christian life. Like, like the presence of Christ on the inside of you is, is always present. He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. In fact, uh, man, how about this? He promises friendship with him. And so we can have this friendship with God as we walk with him in our daily lives. Man, we can, we can talk to him, walk with him, laugh with him, cry with him. Do you know that, that he's also, he's leading me each and every day that the spirit will lead you. Uh, it says that he'll lead you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And, and he's not only your friend, uh, your Lord and your leader, but get this, he's also fighting on your behalf. Do you know that, that word that we read uh, that, that Jesus said he'll send the helper? It's the word paraclete. It's the word parakaleo. It's, it means to, to be called alongside. And the Holy Spirit, he's called alongside of you to do battle. Like, like the parakaleo, the paraclete, uh, in, in Greek, uh, represented like two soldiers that, that they would send their soldiers out in two and they would fight back to back, right? Fighting for uh, one another. And so that's the picture of the Holy Spirit. He is your paraclete, your parakaleo, and he's fighting on your behalf. In fact, uh, I love uh, Pastor Tim Delaney. He quotes uh, Pastor's Times Square Church in, in Manhattan, and he tells the story of a of a, of a, a former army ranger uh, came into his office, and, and he gave him uh, an army ranger tassel, 
And then as he sat down in front of Pastor Tim, uh, he recounted the story that took place. See, uh, a year prior, Pastor Tim had had, had to remove him uh, from the church. And so this man, this army ranger, was so infuriated, he, he went home and after some times of stewing, he decided, I'm going to kill Pastor Tim Delina and his family. And so he camoed up and got all his man firearms. And, and this man just sat hell bent uh, on killing Pastor Tim Delina, got into his car. And after he, he turned the car over, he heard the voice of God. And God was crystal clear. He says, if you put this car into reverse, I will kill you. <laughs> Man, this divine terror fell over the sky. Yes, Lord. And man, he, he just went back into his house. And then now he was able to, to repent and sit in front of Pastor Tim Delina and let him know, man, the Lord is fighting for you. He is our paraclete. And so he, he's with you. Here's a, number two is this. I want to remind you that he's in you at salvation. Uh, it's called the sealing of the Holy Spirit. And let me read it to you. Ephesians 1 verses 13 to 14. It says, in him, you, you, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire a possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so, do you know, um, uh, whenever I do a wedding and I, and I have the ring, um, I remind people that a ring is a seal. It's, it's a reminder uh, of God's uh, eternal promise uh, and as well your promise to one another that, that I belong to you and you belong to me. And when you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, it's this eternal forever um, declaration by God that you belong to me and I belong to you, right? We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit's on the inside of you, do you know what he's doing? He's renovating you from the inside out. Like here's the promise. He says that I'm going to remove uh, your heart of stone and give you a soft heart of flesh. He says, I'm going to write my commandments on your heart. That here's the promise that he says, I promise I'm going to circumcise your flesh, those nasty, ugly parts on the inside of you. He says this, that I'm going to renew your mind uh, to the word of God. And so the spirit of God is renovating us on the inside out. And listen, when you see people transform from the inside out, it's staggering and mind blowing. Like uh, we had a, a group of people that were sharing their testimonies uh, in, in our in our church. And man, this one woman, uh, she got up and she shared her testimony uh, about just being so filled with rage and bitterness as a young girl and into young womanhood. And, and like, this is the sweetest woman I've ever met in my life. In fact, I stopped her and said, I don't believe that you were a, a rage-filled woman, <laughs> right? But what was it? it? It was the transforming power of Almighty God. And what he does, he changes us from the inside out that we love what Jesus loves and he hate, we hate what Jesus hates. And so not only does he renovate your heart, but, but he also, he gives you a new identity. Let me read to you Romans 8 verses 15 to 16 says this, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Man, you are a child of God. And so I, I got to speak to the, my, my ladies out there because my, my hat's off to you 
because uh, man, man, ladies, like when when you're pregnant and, and like your your desire, like to want to have a baby, like that's different. Because as a dude, man, no thank you. I've been in the birthing room two times, man. I'm, I it makes me drop to my knees and thank God that I'm a man. No thank you. And so, uh, but ma'am, man, my wife, I just remember, man, she went through what what nausea and and just man, gaining weight, water retention, up uh, countless times throughout the night. And in fact, we were looking at some old pictures of my wife when she was pregnant uh, with our firstborn. And I'm like, baby, it looked like you were carrying our daughter in your face. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that, okay? But uh, but anyways, I, I paid the price for it. And so, uh, but but then you get to the hospital moment, and what? There's these painful contractions and push after push after push. And then finally, though, man, this child is born into the world. And here's what's so crazy. Ladies, after you go through all that pain and suffering, you know your child's first words are, da-da. Sorry, moms. <laughs> right? And, and so I say that to say this, you know, in a real way, when you are born again, man, that, that, his, that the Father says this, that the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. And our cry, the cry of our heart is, Abba, Father. It's, it's dad, like God becomes your heavenly father. We are sons and daughters of God. And that becomes the primary identity of our very life. And so uh, 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 there's a, uh, a story, kind of, a, it's almost comical. And in, in the, the book of Acts, it talks about the seven sons of Sceva. And they were these Jewish exorcists. And there was a man, uh, demon possessed, and they, they were trying to cast out the demons. And they said, we cast you out uh, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And then get this, the demon-possessed man turned to these uh, exorcists and they said this, the demon spoke back and says, Jesus we know, we've heard of Paul. And they said, who are you? <laughs> Listen, man, a demon talks to you and asks you, who are you? You better know the answer to that question. Let me tell you who I am. I am a son of the Most High God. And I cast you out in the mighty name of Jesus, right? And so, um, uh, uh, it, and I also know this, that if you don't understand your primary identity as a son of God, you don't know your identity, man, the world will, will give you uh, an identity for you. Man, they're going to say, you are your career. You are your beauty. You are your bank account. You are your sexuality. And, and those are real, those are secondary identities that can't bear the weight uh, of eternity in the world. Like, um, uh, here's what happens, man, that, that your primary identity, a son of God, informs your career, um, your sexuality, uh, man, your being a father, being a mother, man, that's your primary identity and it funnels down into all the other ones, secondary ones, because the primary one, son or daughter of God, it's unchanging and it's eternal, right? And so, uh, so you get a new identity. And then number three, so God's with you, uh, the spirit is with you, in you, and now I want you to know he's upon you with power, upon you with power. Acts chapter one and verse eight says this, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. And so it's this promise. Jesus told the disciples, hey, wait, don't go anywhere. Do anything until what you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to give us power uh, to live the Christian life, to be a witness for him. 
And so uh, I'll never forget this. Back in uh, 1995, I was, I was uh, playing in the NHL, and EAS Sports came out with NHL 95, right? Uh, it was a, a video game, and get this. I'm in the video game. So I couldn't wait to play this game and see. And then come in, I start playing this video game and here come to find out, I stink in the game, okay? And uh, what I didn't realize is they, they give you like a grade. Uh, each player gets a certain power rating. And it, it gave me, it said this, I'm a 67. Do you believe that? I don't even know if 67 is passing. And so, man, first I was excited about the game, and then I was insulted by the game, right? Because, I, I mean, it says I'm only a 67. Uh, but the reality is this. I really am only a 67, man. Like, um, man, at my very best, I'm about a 67. But I want to promise you something. With the Holy Spirit upon me, I'm a whole heck of a lot more. That when I get his super uh, upon my natural, man, something supernatural can happen. That when I, when I get his extra on my ordinary, man, I, th there's the possibility for something extraordinary uh, to take place. So I just share just kind of a little personal, uh, some testimonies. Is um, So I remember one time we were, we were at a service, and, and my pastor, Pastor Ron Lewis, he had actually brought in this man who flows in the prophetic, uh, in the spirit uh, a bit. And so, man, he was uh, having everybody prophesy, uh, this guy prophesy over everyone on our staff. And, and he gets to me, and, and then he starts, uh, he says this. He says, uh, son, God's going to use you uh, to reach, reach thousands of athletes, and, and you will be a leader of leaders. And I just kind of thought, man, that's kind of weak, bro. Of course, you're going to say I'm going to minister to athletes. I'm a former athlete, okay? But here's what I'll tell you. A month after that moment, one of the New York Jets uh, came to our church. Man, he told me, you need to be our pastor. And I've been the, the chaplain for the New York Jets uh, ever since. Influencing, inf influential people, touching athletes. And then here's a, a, another one is I remember uh, we were doing kind of a prophetic presbytery. We brought in uh, uh, one of our, our pastors, Pastor Jim Critcher, who flows in the prophetic. And he was, he was prophesying and praying over people in our church. And then he stopped the meeting and he turned to me. And I'm like, hey, bro, we're, we're just praying for the people, right? And he stops and he says, Adam, the Lord has got a word for you. He says, he says the Lord Almighty, uh, is he's going to increase your preaching and teaching gift exponentially. He says, God is going to increase it so much on your life that people are going to look at you and say, seriously, that guy? <laughs> so I was both, it felt kind of like a backhanded compliment from the Holy Spirit. Uh, but here's what I'll tell you. Uh, from that moment on, man, man, my preaching and teaching has never been the same. Some of you are like, bro, bro, this is how good it is. Well, you should have seen it before. Okay. <laughs> and so it's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got news for you, man, uh, uh, in your Bible, if you ever pay attention and read the scriptures, it's just filled with a bunch of 67s. Like you take a guy like Moses, like Moses, he was a stuttering shepherd, right? Duh, 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 duh. He can't get the words out. Um, that he also, he struggled with anger issues. Like like when he saw a Hebrew being beaten, what does he do? He kills the guy with his bare hands. That, that, that Moses, when he comes down off the mountain and when he sees the people partying, he was so furious, he he throws down the Ten Commands and shatters them. That God tells him to speak to the rock that, that water will flow forth. And what does he do? He's so frustrated with the people, man, he, he smites the rock. And so the dude's got anger issues, man. And yet, God could take a 67 like Moses and use him to deliver 
God's people. Um, I'll do you another one. David, you know, like King David. Do you know that that David, this guy definitely had daddy issues. Uh, If you recall, the prophet Samuel uh, went to to, uh, David's daddy, Jesse, and he says, put all your sons before me and I'm going to anoint one of them king. And and he's like, nope, 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 nope. And Samuel asked Jesse, he's like, is this all your sons? And then dad's like, oh yeah, there's one more. David, he's out in the field. Like like to be forgotten by your dad. How many know that's going to create daddy issues uh, down the line? Um, and, and get this, that uh, that when we read David and his Psalms, like, do you know he, he was given over to huge mood stru- swings? Like, you remember Psalm 23, man, we all know the one, that one. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Do you know what Psalm 22 says, the one before that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> It's a little schizophrenic, right? Like, don't you think? And so, um, uh, here's what we get, man. Man, um, we couldn't hire David at our church. Do you know that? Like, do you know that that David uh, uh, had an adulterous affair and then killed uh, the the woman's husband? Like, like I don't know about you. I, I got a hot wife, so I don't want David around my wife. Okay, like that. So we couldn't even hire this guy. And despite all these things, man, David is a 67. But with the anointing of God on his life, man, he's slaying giants. He's expanding the kingdom of God. He's a prolific psalmist in that it said, the Bible says this, that he's a man after God's own heart. It's the power of the Spirit of God upon you. Do you know that all the disciples, man, they're all a bunch of 67s. And and listen, uh, that's if you're grading on a curve. Because I would say, man, Peter, Peter was probably more like a 53, all right? If we were to be honest with you, like, man, he says, Jesus, bid me walk on the water. Starts sinking, right? That he says, uh, man, Jesus, I'll defend you when the guards come to, to arrest Jesus. And what does he do? I mean, he swings at a guy with a sword and misses the dude. It just gets the lobe of his ear. You're like, what in the world, Peter, you know? And then uh, uh, his, his crowning achievement was, was denying the Lord uh, to a teenage girl, right? But after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit, what, comes upon him, Peter's a new dude, man. Man, he, when he's anointed, he preaches, 3,000 people are saved. That, uh, man, he's going to raise a little girl from the dead under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That what is he going to do? He's going to have this incredible boldness and courage on his life that the very people that crucified Christ, he points his finger in his fa- their face and he says, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Savior and Lord. What is that, man? I tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of God had come upon him and clothed him with power to be a witness. And so we started our talk with saying this, man, that the spirit of power and love and a sound mind, it's on the table and available to you and me, but will we walk in it? Uh, Mark chapter one, verse eight. Uh, let me read it to you. This is John the Baptist. Uh, and he says this, uh, um, John one, or Mark one eight, he says, I have baptized you with water, But he, he being Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so so it says, Mark says, man, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's his desire. The word uh, there in the Greek is baptizo. It it means to to immerse. Uh, One one, uh, definition is is to be soaked in wine. And so maybe this will be helpful for you is this. um, Do you know that they they found... uh, 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 they, they dug up in some of these old uh, digs, they found a, a recipe 
from 200 BC, 200 years before Christ. It was by this guy who was a, a poet and a physician, which is a very odd combination to me. I'm like, man, I don't want my, my, my doctors to be poetic, all right? But that's neither here nor there. And it's actually a recipe written in Greek uh, on how to make pickles. And, and I want to read it for you because I think it has bearing on this. This dude's name is Nicander. So it says, Nicander said that in making pickles, one must bapto the vegetable. That means to dip it into boiling water and then baptizo the vegetable, baptize it in a vinegar solution. And so, so here's what that is. By the way, I, I never thought uh, I would say this, but you and I, we need to be pickled. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that in a sermon, but that was the first time for everything. But, but here's the reality. See, he said, the idea of, man, you're not just to be dipped, but you are to be immersed, surrounded with in and upon man this this vinegar solution and after you are what happens man that cucumber is fundamentally different like it becomes something very different it tastes different it smells different it is we actually call it something different right and, and that's what god wants to do with you he wants to baptizo you he wants you to be with the spirit in the spirit and upon the spirit he wants it all he wants you to be immersed in it that you become a different person and if you want that today it's available to to you like god is just not withholding the holy spirit from you let me read to you uh, luke 11 and verse 13 it says this if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him and so um, I, I promise you, man, God is a good dad. And I ask, the, I ask my Heavenly Father each and every day, oh Lord, baptize me afresh. Lord, Lord, I want to walk with you today. Lord, thank you that you're in me, renovating my heart. Oh Lord, thank you that today you're upon me with power. Lord, that I can heal the sick. Uh, I can raise the dead, Lord. I can cast out demons. Why? Because the spirit of power is upon me. And I promise you, if you ask Jesus today, uh, ask God today, he's a good, good father. And he will give you the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we, I just thank you for this time together uh, this morning, Lord. Oh, God, and I pray, Lord, that the men and women would meet with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that their life would be renovated, transformed, never be the same. Lord, I, I call this morning men and women out of just boring, routine lives, and I thank you for the new dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to be power to be a witness in the earth. Lord, thank you for it all. We love you. We trust you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, listen, God bless you, every nation. Um, uh, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished. Can I just remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and uh, your giving? A tithe simply means a tenth, and, and we believe that, that the first tenth of everything that comes in in our finances, we give back to the Lord in the form uh, of the tithe. And so, uh, you know, there's three ways you can do that digitally. You can go to our website encnj.org and just hit the giving icon uh, or you can give via text if you text the letters encnj to the number 77977 it's a very convenient way to give it's the way my family and i choose to give uh, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 gibraltar drive right here in morris plains new jersey listen every nation jesus loves you and i think you're pretty great too have an amazing week 
Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.